are listening to Justice for All. Brought to you by the law offices of Scarpello and Latour. When things get tough, keep calm and call Scarpello and Latour. And now, from the Justice for All studios, here are your hosts, Josh Scarpello and Pierre Latour. Hello and welcome back, everybody. This is Josh Scarpello alongside with my law partner and good friend, Pierre Latour. Say hello, Pierre. Hello, everybody. And today we are uh, honored and delighted to be joined uh, by a very special guest, Josh Shapiro, the Attorney General uh, for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Josh is joining us. Welcome to Justice for All, General Shapiro. Good to be with you. I, I hear millions listen to Justice for All, so I'm I'm glad to be on your podcast. Uh, we expect a, a, a doubling in ratings, if nothing else. Uh, you are by by far <laughs> our most high profile guest, and we appreciate you taking time off the campaign trail, uh, as well as your normal duties. Um, yeah, to take to that's got questions. my focus. So, yeah. of course, I'm happy to do it. Now, Josh, my my daughter Lucy asked me a good question when I was prepping for this. She said, "Wow, the Attorney General, that sounds really, really impressive." I said, "It is." She <laughs> said, "Well, well, what does he do?" I said, "Well, you know, Pierre and I, as criminal defense attorneys, know your office best through your criminal division. But what do you what do you consider yourself, or what are you most proud of yourself of being a, a watch, consumer watchdog, a Pennsylvania's top prosecutor? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you define the job to others at a at a cocktail party?" Well, tell your daughter, um, the way I would describe it to her is I'm the people's lawyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I take that very seriously. I mean, there, there are a lot of people in our commonwealth, in our country, who just get screwed every single day. Am I allowed to say screwed on your podcast? Is Pierre that right? said whatever said, you want. <laughs> Pierre said and, a lot worse. <laughs> I, I, I slip into profanity often. So just all right. All right. Well, that that may be all you get out of me. The word screw. But but it's true. I mean, they get screwed either because I was in Kensington just a couple of days ago because they live in a community like that that is racked by violence and, and drug dealing and it's unsafe for kids. And a lot of times they feel like nobody's looking out for them or the person that gets taken advantage of by a big corporation uh, and needs to be made whole or. You know, the individuals in our community who are, you know, persecuted against because of what they look like or where they come from, who they love or who they pray to or choose not to pray to. So so I really look at this as being the people's lawyer. And so sometimes um, that makes me, uh, as as our state law says, the chief legal officer of Pennsylvania. And sometimes, as our state law also says, it makes me the chief law enforcement officer of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And Look, at the end of the day, I'm dedicated to putting people before powerful institutions, whether it's the, you know, the greedy pharmaceutical companies, the major drug trafficking rings, or even the president of the United States when he goes and tries to undermine people's rights. My job is to uphold the rule of law. Uh, and specifically when it comes to the attorney general's office of Pennsylvania, and you guys know this from your practice, not a big responsibility when I took over three and a half years ago just to restore restore trust right. in an office that that had really lost it. Right. Uh, and and we've done just that. And look, it's you know, it is not just me. I am blessed to be able to work with an unbelievably talented group of people. Um, you know, folks who are incredible prosecutors, terrific lawyers, 
great agents, um, and they do amazing work. And so we've tried really hard to turn this office around and make it uh, an office that people can respect. And and I would hope you guys would say, I mean, even when you're at the other table from us, the other side of the, you know, the argument from us, I hope you see that we're professional, we're ethical, um, we fight like hell for for our cause and the, and the people we serve, and and we do our best to fight for those who are often forgotten. I, I think, you know, the the case that probably epitomizes that the most is the work we did to hold um, the predator priests and their enablers. Uh, both their enablers in Pennsylvania and their enablers, you know, all the way to the Vatican to hold them accountable for um, the, the, the horrific abuse that they inflicted upon thousands of children here in Pennsylvania. And that demonstrated our willingness to fight, in this case, probably the most powerful organization on the planet, the Roman Catholic Church. We're talking uh, with, uh, sorry, General, I, I, I'm sorry, you were, I, 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 excuse me for interrupting. We're talking with General Attorney General Josh Shapiro. Um, when you bring up your investigative functions, uh, General, that, that, that sparks a question in my mind about, you know, how do you steer the light of your office and its investigative powers? How do people come to your office and how do those reports, whether it be healthcare fraud or uh, election fraud or some sort of scam, how do people get in touch with your office and, and you, you know, interject yourself in, in an investigative mode? Well, let me give you an example on the consumer side. Um, we receive 25,000 consumer complaints each year. Um, and I'm actually really proud of that number because, you know, before before we revamped the office, we weren't getting a whole lot of calls. We weren't getting a whole lot of emails and a lot of outreach. And so I've created this environment of no wrong door in our office, whether you, you hit us up on social media, you email us, you go to our website, attorneygeneral.gov. Um, you find me, you know, at the supermarket, whatever the case may be, we're going to chase down each of those consumer complaints and act on behalf of the citizens of Pennsylvania. When it comes to our work as, as prosecutors and criminal investigators, um, as you guys know, you know, from your work, that can come from a lot of different ways. Right. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to get into those specifics now, but we get a lot of information, a lot of tips, a lot of helpful advice. Um, and, uh, and, and we track down leads wherever we can to try and make our communities more safe. Now, General, I, I wanted to ask you as a, a question as, a, as Pennsylvania's top law enforcement officer. Um, you wrote in, uh, released a statement after the death of George Floyd. And, and when we were prepping for this, I sent you uh, some topics that I would ask you about. I was looking at mm -hmm. the question that I wrote involving Mr. Floyd's death, and I thought how sad it is that there's yet another person Jacob Blake, whose life was taken by police yeah. um, using excessive, you know, what appears to be excessive and unwarranted force. How do you respond to that? You, you released a statement saying that, that we're constantly at battle with institutional racism. How, do, how is your role as attorney general and the top cop? What are, you, what are you saying to your officers when these things happen? Are they getting refresher courses? Are they, uh, how do you ensure that, that, that they are not using excessive force or discriminating against people, you know, in a, in a, in a wide basis on the color of race? Yeah, it's a great question. Obviously we, we mourn the loss of, of George Floyd and, and, you know, I'm really sickened by the images of what we saw in, in Wisconsin. And hopefully we're going to learn more about that very soon to find out, you know, what, what happened, but based on what I've seen it, uh, it, it it's a horrific uh, horrific actions by law enforcement there. 
Look, when I took over three and a half years ago in the attorney general's office, I knew we needed to make significant change internally. I knew that our office needed to look like the people that I was sworn to represent. And so I'm proud of the fact that today we have not just the strongest and smartest uh, office leadership in the history of the Office of Attorney General. We've got the most diverse office. Uh, We have more women in positions of leadership than men, more people of color than ever before working in the Office of Attorney General. As it relates to our agents in particular, and just for your listeners, you should know we've got about 1,000 employees in the Office of Attorney General. About a third are lawyers, about a third are professional staff, and about a third are agents. So, you know, think of us as having the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office sort of under one roof, uh, you know, at, at the state level. And so I command uh, these agents. And so we made significant changes to our agent leadership core. Um, we now have uh, two African Americans in leadership and two people who are white. We have, as I said before, um, you know, the, the two people that they answer to are both women. We've got a lot more diversity in the leadership. The second thing we did was we totally revamped our training, not just the training on how to use force, how to use your weapon. That stuff's very, very important. But also the training about what's going on between your ears when you show up at a scene. What are you thinking when you're on the street corner and um, you know someone of a different race is approaching you? Is that a different feeling you get than someone maybe of your own race? You know, having very honest dialogues about implicit bias, having real regimented training that seeks to address those issues. Now, my agents don't do traffic stops and things like that the way municipal police department do, but we, of course, come in contact with the community every day. Um, And we need to treat them respectfully, even when they're breaking the law. They have constitutional rights, and and we take that very seriously. And so training and new personnel was a a huge part uh, of this. I will tell you, we've also made some other internal changes. You know, there's a lot of talk about bail reform, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the city of Philadelphia. We did that more than a year ago. Um, there's a lot of talk about um, you know, conviction integrity. We started the first ever statewide conviction integrity unit in the office of attorney general. I mean, we, we don't, you know, we may not tweet as much and you know, make as much noise uh, out there, but we act and we take concrete steps in order to ensure that there is justice being done in Pennsylvania. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not tough and smart on crime. We are. I mean, you just saw we locked up 35 very high-level dealers who were paralyzing parts of the Kensington community earlier this week. Mm -hmm. So I will not back down from that because the the good people of Philadelphia, the good people of Pennsylvania deserve to live in safe communities. And here's the other thing. If you care about criminal justice reform, particularly in the wake of the killing of George Floyd, as I know you guys do, Mm Well, I firmly believe that those reform efforts cannot take hold, cannot, you know, be be, you know, be uh, brought about in our communities unless they have a safe community foundation upon which uh, to to land and, and to grow from. And so I think you've got to work on both. You've got to work as we have uh, internally in changing the attitudes of your law enforcement agency. You've got to make sure that you have a broader dialogue about criminal justice reform. But all the while, you've got to make sure that the people that, you know, I swore an oath to protect 
uh, are protected and that we do everything in our power uh, to ensure their safety and well-being. General, General Shapiro, if I can just quickly follow up, um, I appreciate what you're saying about, you know, uh, your own office. But let me ask you this. I mean, the, the attorney general's office uh, enjoys kind of a special place in the sense that you have statewide jurisdiction mm-hmm. um, for criminal prosecution. And we've seen a number of instances, both in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh, in which uh, there's been misconduct by the police. Do you think that your office plays any role uh, in the criminal prosecution of officers who step that far outside the lines? So I'm going to give you the answer of depends, and I'll explain why I'm giving you that answer. Not because I don't think it's important. It's incredibly important to hold police officers accountable if they if they break the law. But under, and I'm going to kind of geek out on you here, and I apologize, but- <laughs> That's, No, don't apologize. Under state law here in Pennsylvania- Um, In order for me to investigate the kind of case that you're talking about, I need a referral from the local DA. And so sometimes we will get those cases because the local DA refers them to us, but oftentimes uh, they won't refer it to us. And so I hear the calls from the community of people saying, Mr. Attorney General, why don't you take over this case? It's horrific. And even if I agree that it's horrific, I can't under state law get that case unless the DA sends it to me. And so, you know, that's something I know legislators have looked at changing, um, but I'm the law enforcer, not the lawmaker here in Pennsylvania. I don't get, if I got to do both, that would be pretty <laughs> cool, but um, I don't get to do both. I only get to do one. And, and so I, I enforce the law and, um, you know, I need a referral for those cases to come to me. General, I'd like to ask you now about um, Florida's pay-to-vote law. Florida has a pay-to-vote law requiring citizens with felony convictions to pay all court-ordered fines and costs in full before being able to vote. Now, your office filed a an amicus brief or a friend of the court brief uh, opposing that law. Can you explain to our listeners uh, you know, how you became involved in this issue and why it's so important? not just to Pennsylvanians, but to all Americans. Uh, Back in early August, um, I filed an amicus brief because I believe this Florida law is an unconstitutional ploy to change the ground rules for elections and to discriminate against largely low-income minority members of our community. Um, I've invested a lot of time throughout my, my career in helping returning citizens integrate back in the community and participate in the community. And voting is a key part of that. And so I just believe it is both unconstitutional and immoral and thought it was important that my voice uh, be heard uh, in that. I think it's interesting, a lot of people don't know the state of the law in Pennsylvania. You know, voters here are only ineligible if they're currently incarcerated for a felony um, or were convicted of violating the state elections code at some point within the last four years. Um, obviously, the former is a larger group than uh, than, than the latter. And um, all returning citizens have to do is just re-register with the Commonwealth when they get out in order to vote. And I think that that's an important part of feeling like you're part of the community, is to have your voice heard in our democracy. Well, um, General, I really appreciate the time that you gave us here today. I guess as a parting question, my thoughts, you as a Democrat, what do you think of uh, the Democratic ticket, specifically Kamala Harris joining that ticket with uh, Biden? What do you think of Ms. Harris? 
Well, I'll tell you what, Kamala has been a friend of mine since I guess probably 2005, 2006. Um, and she's, she's terrific. I think she, um, brings a lot to the ticket. I think it was a smart pick by the vice president, uh, and vice president Biden. And, uh, I'm looking forward to their leadership and stewardship uh, of this country. We've got to end the daily chaos that we've been dealing with. We've got to make sure that all people count in our society. We've got to stop the kind of slicing and dicing of communities. We've got to deal with this pandemic in a smart way. We've got to listen to science and expertise again. Um, there's so much uh, at stake in this election. And I think Kamala is a, is a terrific asset electorally and an even better asset when it comes to governing. Well, there you have it. General Shapiro joining us on Justice for All. It's really been a, our pleasure, sir. Um, we appreciate your candor and your time. Um, he's running for re-election this year against Heather Heidelball, an attorney from Pittsburgh, but he is the people's attorney general. He's a great man, very smart, compassionate, and thoughtful. Thank you, Josh Shapiro, for joining us here on Justice for All. Hey, Josh Pierre, thanks for having me, and thanks for the work you guys do, and look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, thanks again, General. Take care, General. And thank you for listening to Justice for All. To hear more interesting interviews like Attorney General Josh Shapiro, become a subscriber to Justice for All, available anywhere you can find podcasts. Thanks for listening.